Hello, dream builders. I'm talking today with Tatiana Villarea, who is a trauma integrative therapist, intuitive, and coach. She helps purpose driven entrepreneurs release their emotional wounds and trauma at the root of confidence issues, visibility fears, and other inner blocks so they can get to the emotional and mental freedom they need in order to achieve their personal and professional goals. She created a highly effective modality that releases stored emotions from the body's neurological pathways and cellular memory, combining it with subconscious and energy work. And we get to speak with her today. Hello, and welcome back to the Dream Design Podcast with Amy Lee Westervelt. I'm your host, Amy Lee. And today I have a really awesome guest. Um, Tatiana Villarea is joining me. She is a trauma integrative hypnotherapist. And if you haven't heard of that, it's probably because um, Tatiana is one of the people who is doing this as a pioneer in this space. And as you know, um, the people that we speak to here on this podcast are all designing their dream businesses. So I cannot wait to introduce you to her and have you meet her and hear more of her story. So welcome, Tatiana. Hi, hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit about where you got started and kind of like where your trajectory began? Mm -hmm. So I'm an unusual hypnotherapist. I'm a very body-oriented, body-focused um body memory focused hypnotherapist. Even though my journey with it started very differently, um, I truly believe that uh, hypnotherapy as a tool is one of the ways to get into extended states of consciousness, altered states of con consciousness, beyond the suggestions, beyond all the work with the subconscious or the work that I do with body memory in the method I had developed as a result of my struggles. And there is a reason and purpose why I do it this way, right? But so beyond the working with consciousness, uh, how I started with all of this is I had a, a diagnosis, um, developing cancer diagnosis at age 21. I just moved to the States alone. Um, two years, I moved when I was 19. And two years later, I get the, um, all the scary things from the doctors and I'm rushed into the uh, surgery and I developed on top of it, as scary as it was, and I was alone, no support system. I didn't tell my family. And um, I came to the States with about 300 something dollars in my pocket. So um, the journey was real. Speaking of designing the life um, from a very, you know, rock bottom place. And so um, I developed a medical injury after the surgery. And now I was on a mission, not only to make sure the cancer doesn't come back because the doctors told me that I need to live in fear for the rest of my life. I now had to somehow heal the medical injury, which affected my mental state, emotional state because of the neurology and uh, basically severed injured nerves. And this is when I told myself that I am not willing, I'm not, I'm not going to agree to live in fear. I don't know how and what it is, but I always, I've always been interested in, spirit, in spirituality. I've been doing yoga and meditating since I was 16, 17 years old, uh, back in my country. So when I came to the States, it kind of got rerouted. And I came to the States to actually run away from my family, from my childhood, from my family trauma. 
And when I came to the States, I thought, I'm done. I, I made it. Okay, I run away. But I took everything with me, as we always do, no matter what we quit, be it our families or our jobs and start our businesses, right? We take ourselves with us. And in cases with trauma, which lives in the body, not just the brain, not just the mind, lives in the body, in the neurocircuitry, in the habitual neuropathways, and we run the same emotions, which are chemicals, and it becomes this addictive loop or loops, many loops. And it's interesting. A lot of people talk about the importance of mindset, of course, but not many people know that there are a lot more neurons that come from the body to the brain versus the brain to the body. Mm-hmm. And if our biology works this way, maybe there is a reason for it. There are a lot of mo- a lot more signals that we get from the body and that state of unsafety, that fear that lives in the body and the trauma that lives in the neurocircuitry and the cellular memory from the different adverse childhood experiences. And I'm not sure where you are actually uh, geographically, but I found out from that famous, turns out, study um, of adverse childhood experiences that at least um, that 70, 67% of American population have at least one adverse childhood experience and 12.6% of American population have uh, four and more. We're talking about physical, sexual, emotional, and all sorts of abuses. And they don't take into consideration the social and racial and uh, even such factors as adoption. adoption. And so if we look at it from the perspective of my journey, when I realized how the trauma was affecting me, despite the subconscious work and despite the more expanded consciousness work, which I, I believe we can't truly heal trauma and emotional wounding and relationship wounds without the bigger picture and consciousness work. But it doesn't end there. And for a lot of people, we run away from the hardships of life to spirituality, for example, right? But trauma work is trauma work and spirituality is spirituality. And this is where I decided to pioneer what I pioneered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really profound. And, and you know, I, I'm, you don't know much about my past. I definitely had traumatic experiences as a child. I'm the child of a narcissist. Um, so I had a lot of narcissistic abuse growing up and didn't really know what that was until I got older and was able to kind of absolve myself of a lot of the blame that I was given for the way that things went down. You know, when I was a child, it was a lot of, you know, well, it's because you're manipulative. It's because you have agendas. It's because of all these things and really kind of, you know, detangling myself from those stories took a really long time. And, and um, also, you know, I can totally relate to what you're saying too, because as um, a master practitioner of NLP, you know, hypnosis is definitely, um, excuse me, of neuroenergetics Hypnosis is one of the things that I deal in. And and it's amazing how much of our trauma and and our, you know, our shame, our guilt, our all of these things are trapped, like you said, in ourselves. We don't even realize it. Like we don't understand that we've built this fortification around ourselves to protect us, but we've actually locked the predator in. We've locked the enemy inside instead of keeping them out. They're already in. And so I love that, you know, that you're doing this work. Um, So tell me when, 
you know, you, you mentioned very clearly that you are a trauma informed, um, healer, you know, a person that helps. I know that that's, that's kind of a term that gets thrown around a lot, like making sure that someone is trauma informed. And, and I know you probably didn't know we were going to go in this direction, but I know you'll be able to handle it like a champ. What do you think? Why do you think that people have such a responsibility when they do certain work to be trauma informed and why is it not something? Cause I certainly, I, I'm not a therapist. And so, and mm-hmm. I disclose that all the time, but like, what do you, like, if you could kind of, for those coaches that are listening out there that think they can just kind of go tromping around in somebody's past or in, you know, talking about somebody, well, you know what, I'm going to tell you a story that happened to me yesterday. We're going totally off book. So yesterday I had a podcast interview preliminary thing. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of those, maybe you should be on my podcast things mm-hmm. on this podcast intro thing. And the woman said, oh yeah, you know, you're here because you said you had ADD. And I was thinking it was a dream design thing. So I'm like, oh yeah, sure. I can talk about ADD. And she started asking me questions about, so when did you know you had it? Did you get diagnosed? And I'm like thinking I'm going to do this from a very like up high perspective of, Hey, I have this great life. This is what I went through. And this woman I don't know what the deal was or if she was trying to make an example out of me or what, but she started asking the most invasive questions about like how I felt when, you know, so what did it feel like when you were in high school? And, you know, like, what was the, tell me more about that rejection. Like I was not on her therapist couch and I felt, and, and I'm sharing this because I want people to know, because sometimes people just think, oh, I'm, I'm just that good right? I'm just that good at what I do. Um, and so by the end of this conversation, when I got off, number one, I was almost in tears because being the people pleaser that I was, I gave her all the answers she wanted. Um, and number two, I felt almost molested. I felt emotionally molested because this woman was asking questions that at one point she asked me, so, you know, your, your, your brother had ADD, tell me his story. None of your GD business lady, like this is going to be on your podcast. I'm not giving my brother's private medical information, you know, and it turns out she wants me to come be on it. And I haven't brought, given myself the courage to, you know, decline politely in the email. I will, but all that to say, can you share with the listeners a little bit about what happens when somebody who's not trauma informed goes and tries to do the healing work with a client that they're just not equipped and not qualified to do? Well, what happens, Eric, thank you so much for the great example. And I can totally relate. And I have my similar stories, both in the coaching industry with coaches who are not trained and trauma-informed. It was a very traumatizing experience. Happened relatively recently, actually. Um, and for the money I paid, um, yeah, it's it's actually a very sensitive subject. And um, also, I have been invaded this way on a preliminary conversation for a podcast. So I completely relate. And what I can say is what happens is re-traumatization, especially if our wounds in certain areas are raw and people are extremely insensitive. And that re-traumatization actually, if we are not equipped with the tools, uh, for example, with the coach, right? I have my tools and I use my tools and I can ask somebody to put me in a state of hypnosis and I end up using my own process. 
when I work with people. And so we dig for the blind spots, but I have the tools. For people who don't have the tools, what happens is deep re-traumatization. And uh, for example, for coaching industry or podcasting, you're here as entrepreneur, right? And you want to do good in the world and you want to share your amazing gifts. And so these type of experiences happen and it draws us and throws us back. And depending on our for that. level of trauma. I did not and, think that was going to happen. Yeah. And so I actually have been in the position for an interview as well. Um, and it was invasive. And um, this is where it's a good test of boundaries, right? And uh, by the way, I do believe that reaching out to this person and telling them um, how you felt and how maybe they should not be behaving if they want to continue having guests on their show is probably actually a service to them. Um, at least if I, you know. I kind of got the feeling in this case, I felt like she was almost receiving pleasure from how much discomfort it was causing me for lack of a better word. Like I felt like she knew how uncomfortable I was. And it was like, she was just digging with her tool anyway. Like it was almost like she was like, look at how I can put this six figure coach in a really uncomfortable position. Like, like, I think that there was a power play there, honestly. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel. But with power play, it's always an issue of um, whatever our personal history with that type of power, for example, authoritarian parenting or abusive or other types of uh, negative parenting styles, right? And it all comes down to boundaries. I made a post recently on my Facebook page and said that uh, the better our boundaries and the no's are, the firmer the no is, the better our lives and businesses will get. And a lot of people agreed, and actually I kind of share about this from time to time. So I know that people usually react to the, like, agree with the posts and, or message and mention it personally to me. Mm -hmm. And one of the women, probably actually from one of the communities that we are part of, you and I um, together, she said, yes, um, absolutely. But it is so hard to do it with family. Mm -hmm. And I answered to her that the family is that very must actually. It's not an excuse and it's not in, like a justification because if we do not um, heal it at the root, we can't have boundaries in business or boundaries on podcasts, right? And I don't mean you, but I'm just using it as an example. So that person you were talking to re reminded and reenacted some type of scenario, right? And she has her issue with boundaries or lack of them, you had some of your story with that. And so I actually, I actually, um, I actually think that there is some level of responsibility, right? When it comes to um, practitioners and podcasters, and maybe saying it is a much better way despite our discomfort, because then we have to go and work and work on that trauma and discomfort on our end, like I did with the coach who retriggered everything, because it was basically sign up for my program. Yes, yes, yes. All everything you need, everything you're going to get it, but nothing. I, I, I was getting nothing. I paid five figure, you know, I, I made a five figure investment. And on top of it, uh, it turned into a disaster, which is a learning, which is growth, because 
she showed me blind spots that I didn't know I had. And I actually look at it from this beautiful spot. Mm-hmm. I love those uh, difficult moments if I use them wisely. And this is that journey of consciousness development and conscious business growth, right? That if we actually look at them, how painful, however, there is no justification. But if we say, okay, I'm going to use it for my growth, then we use it for our growth. And this is where the tools with the body memory are so important. Because the mindset industry, and by the way, since you are also an LP and hypnotherapy practitioner, if we look back long, long time ago, how all these industries started with the patriarchal conditioning that the mind is primary and we can somehow, what I usually say, and I actually heard it from a mentor of mine several years ago, that there is this belief that we can unstuck our stock mind by using the mind itself. But, uns- but the stuck mind cannot unstuck itself. Mm-hmm. And so what happens in things like that, or for example, um, a lot of women in business are afraid of are hiding, basically, and afraid of visibility and showing up. Or also very connected with marketing and hating sales and giving discounts and all the wobbling, right? All of this, actually, it all comes down to just a handful of root causes, right? But what happens is we decide on the mental level and we do it from the top-down approach, how the industry taught us. The Mm -hmm. men who were disconnected from their bodies and emotions, who created NLP and hypnosis and um, and, um, all sorts of mind-based psychoanalysis, all of it, conventional therapy, they Mm -hmm. may not believe. And it actually ended up being our whole medical and uh, educational um, fields, right? So speaking of why people are not informed, people are not informed about trauma, and a lot of people are doing a lot more damage with amazing intentions. Most coaches, most practitioners, we wanna help. And I didn't start with uh, trauma work, so I also wasn't, I was not aware. But the reason I added it and I went and studied internationally and uh, did everything possible is because I realized that I am hurting people otherwise. If I do not expand my uh, toolkit and knowledge first and foremost, And so we, we believed in this paradigm of mind-first approaches. And we are completely disconnected from the body. But when we are on those sales calls and we are shaking and afraid to save the price, or we are reminded um, of our abusive parents by somebody, including sometimes our clients, and having strange dynamics, and that inability to say no and the boundaries and overgiving and working hard and the imposter syndrome. When we look at it from the trauma-informed perspective, we must, must, must clear the body memory. Because mm-hmm. otherwise we are using that top-down approach, trying mm-hmm. to change something with willpower. Mm-hmm. And I know you work with the divine feminine and energetics of the feminine. And so this is how we can actually also look at it, right? If we go from the bottom up, then maybe we don't have to break our brain and think positive uh, so much and try to willpower through it. If the body is released and free, 
if that memory and that emotional charge, which is what it is, mm-hmm. trauma or emotional wounding or relationship wounding, it leaves an emotional charge. And unless this is released, we can't fully release um, that traumatic imprint or emotional wounding imprint. But if we start from the emotions and body, we're going to win. And that's actually the quickest pathway to that winning and to the dream life that we're all designing here or wanting to design. Right. And also, you know, when you think about manifestation, it's about matching frequencies. And the way you match a frequency is in the feeling. And you don't do your feeling in your head. You do your feeling in your body. And I think that was the hardest thing for me. You know, somatic healing was just hard because as, as, as the child of a narcissist, as a thinker, right. As an intellectual, as an empath, I was constantly trying to escape from my body. I was trying to live in the past or I was trying to live in the future and just anything I could do not to be mindful. Like I would just, it was just so uncomfortable to be in my body. Um, so my question to you then is what do you feel like if our listeners out there are really resonating with this message and they want to start connecting with their somatic body, right? To start really making that coherence. What do you recommend as a good start? Obviously reaching out to you and getting with you into your programs, but like if they just wanted to have something to get off of this, this, you know, talk today and start really feeling themselves in their body, what would you recommend? Um, I would say that a good first step is to start tracking our emotional and physical reactions because we are so, you know, most people are very aware of their thoughts. Other people are very aware of their emotional roller coasters and feelings, right? And the ups and downs and how it throws us like it takes us out for entrepreneurship, right? For days sometimes. So we are aware of that, but the, um, good thing to add to it and to base all of the next process uh the the further uh transformation process on is start tracking what happens in the body for example for me as a woman who was afraid like panic attack kind of state of camera my vocal cords would close i'll have a panic attack state i would not be able i would not be even able to record myself um on my own, let alone go live or be interviewed by somebody a couple of years ago. So that's why I worked through referrals for years. Speaking of hiding. So I'm my own first client and guinea pig, right? So for a woman with hiding and being afraid, like with the patterns of hiding, um, I know women who as entrepreneurs hire assistants to post for them and do their media. Sorry, it's my cat. If you hear the mowing. So a lot of women use their personal assistant not to show up themselves, right? And we can speak about it. Yeah, I, 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 I'm paying somebody, I'm the CEO. Or we can actually look at the root causes of it. A lot of people, yes, it will be to save time and to, you know, to grow and scale. But at the beginning, for a lot of women, I'm watching it, it's, it's hiding. It's not being able to show up and... Uh, when we show up with that energetic imprint of that hiding and being afraid in that state of unsafety, it actually it actually it repels our clients and money, right? So coming back to what's the next step, what's the first step, is noticing what happens in the body and where it happens. 
when we feel the emotion and when there is a trigger, for example, with your, with your story with this person on the podcast, right? Watching the patterns. And I usually say we need to become the experts in who we are, not just an experts in what we do. Because when we combine the two, it becomes a business where it's not just a diploma on the wall, but we've lived it, we breathed it, we made it, and we are now sharing it and imprinting it onto others. And we got the tools, we got the process for it. So either way, uh, the worst case scenario, the person who is going to embark on this journey is going to become an expert in what they are and who, how they function and who they are. And therefore have better relationships, better business, better everything. And if they're some sort of practitioner, it's actually going to ripple onto their business. So it's a win, win, win either way. But when we trace and track and see the patterns, this is a good place to then go and work with a practitioner. Now, I know there are somatic experiences, right? For me, it wasn't enough. Um, Just the somatic work for me was not enough. It's a very slow process. So I had to take it up a notch. I had to, I had to, I I got into $15,000 in debt. I almost gave up on my dreams and my business. I almost had to go back to my job, right? So I was trying to save my dream and design it somehow, right? I didn't see any of it coming. I didn't know what I was embarking on and I wouldn't change a thing or maybe I would shorten the you know, the time span was spent and wasted, you know, time and money. But if we track and trace and start with that body and understand why am I escaping into my thoughts? Why am I, why is it so uncomfortable to be in the body? Because if it's uncomfortable to be in the body, that means I am escaping something that the body stores. And then the next will be the embarking on the journey. And there are different tools. And I, of course, obviously, um, anything is better than nothing in terms of the somatic work. Um, But one thing I would add and why I had to develop my own modality is I realized that our body, same as the subconscious mind, don't understand words. So it's kind of like in talk therapy, we can talk and talk and talk, but it doesn't land, especially when trauma was pre-verbal or early life, when there are no thoughts, there are no words, there are no schemas in the brain, the language schemas. So we are trying now to, with the mind-based approaches, right, to change something that's hardwired into the body and the cellular memory because of that state of unsafety and fight and flight and freeze and then fawn, the people-pleasing, right? the fourth response and so this is the the key we need to know what it is we need to know that um, uh, one of my favorite quotes is understand the darkness and your darkness and it will vanish and it's not about darkness it's about just how we function what it is that we are afraid of why there is a state of unsafety for me it was trauma that made me completely get like paralysis state because being visible was unsafe period it was equal death and until i address that equal death and for some people having wealth is equal loss or death or threat for a lot of actually women visibility and wealth and success are not a felt secure and safe experience for the body and so we will sabotage it we repel it and so on and so forth and my categories. 
Yeah. I love that. And this has been so incredible and so informative mm-hmm. for me. Um, you know, just especially with what happened with me yesterday to be able to share that, like, I was like, why did this happen? And now I'm like, oh, it happened because it was the perfect thing to talk about. And I didn't even think that, that a lot of people have dealt with that on podcasts. Like that might be something that people just start, you know, oh, so tell me this, tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. And like, it's, you have to be really careful when, when you do that, when you're not trauma informed. Um, so tell our listeners, how can they get a hold of you? How can they work with you? If they, you know, do you have a community? What, how can they get into your world? And um, well, the best way to find me is I am the only Tatiana Valeria on Facebook or Google. So um, my website is TatianaValeria.com. There are, there's information there. There are um, videos and also my page on Facebook. Uh, Tatiana Valeria Hypnotherapy and Coaching. And so um, the posts and the videos I make, I try to make it as informative. I'm more of that. I know a lot of coaches are in the um, uh, in the motivational type of uh, style, right? I am that nerdish teacher kind of uh, uh, coach in terms of, I do believe truly that the awareness is the first step. Because when we don't know, like for example, I actually, by the way, didn't know that it happened yesterday. It's so fresh. Now I understand why it's such a raw emotional charge. Still, you know, a lot of emotional charge, right? But a lot of people might not understand that. Oh, it's actually a boundary issue because a person pushed against our boundaries and in a sense, not in a sense, violated, right? The boundaries. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, the person might have done it. But knowing the root cause and knowing the reasoning behind the dynamic is the first step because otherwise we don't know so I prefer educating more than motivating I kind of believe that motivating happens organically and naturally when we release that what drags us back into the past in the body and the subconscious but yes uh, the best way to find me is by um, facebooking or googling me yeah Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. It has been a true pleasure. Um, you know, I, I always love meeting people like you who are really out to, to help people to really, um, you know, clean up some of the, the trauma and the things that they need to, to get to that ability to have that abundant, beautiful dream life. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank mm-hmm. you.